Yeah, he got the Costco size of Oakland games. He did. He picked it up on a pallet. There's not. There's never been a human being that dribbles like he wants to dent the floor more than William Jackson II. Blood bank guarantee. Over under 200 gallons of hair product per year put on that head. Hey, Daniel, how much how much would you pay to see Herm Edwards and uh, Mike Gundy do a a news conference showdown? How about not even a press conference showdown? Put them in the same room, Clint. Welcome to Talking Dogs. I'm Clint. And I'm Daniel. And we're two guys who love UGA sports. One of us is from the South. And one of us is from the West Coast. One of us is a lifelong Georgia fan. One is a more recent convert. But we both share a borderline obsessive, often ridiculous desire to see UGA succeed just like you do. This podcast is a place to talk about the dogs the way you would at a tailgate, in your backyard, or over a drink with your friends. Are we insiders? Nah. Do we have lofty recruiting connections? Nope. We are just two guys who love talking about the dogs, so let's talk. Hello and welcome to episode 30 of the Talking Dogs podcast. I am Daniel. And I'm Clint. It's a bonus episode, people. Bonus episode. Well, you said episode 30, which is true, but in a lot of senses, this is episode one on a new front, Daniel. Hmm, Hello. Hello, like episode that. one for college basketball preview, people. We are here and we are talking about UGA hoops, which is brand new territory for me. And I'm excited, Daniel. I'm excited just to hear what kind of random off the wall takes you're about to give. Oh, because people. listen, if, if there's one thing I know about you, just because you're new to the game, you're, that's not going to stop you from getting in there and mixing it up. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely not. I'm I'm the moron that is just jumping down in the middle of things, saying I know better than everybody else uh, who have been here longer. And UGA hoops is that thing. Uh, I've I've done some dive. I wouldn't say deep dive yet because I don't think I'm to that level, Daniel. But I've done a dive, a pretty extensive dive, uh, and I'm excited. I mean, I don't like basketball. There it is. I said it. I put it out there. Hey, we all have our flaws. Okay, but I'll tell you this much: I'm beginning to like basketball in a great way, and there's a lot to do with cheering for the dogs, and specifically this team that I'm getting excited for. And so we're going to dive into it in all its glory, Daniel. Yeah, this. Uh, so this episode is going to be entirely UGA basketball focused, uh, and specifically, it is our season preview episode. So you may know um, Georgia's got an exhibition game on Thursday night, which is maybe tomorrow, depending on when you're listening to this. Maybe it's tonight, depending on when you're listening to this. Maybe it's already happened. Uh, Thursday, November the 1st at 7 p.m. Eastern. That's Georgia's already played, uh, obviously, one exhibition game against UAB, uh, a pretty decent team, uh, and they squeaked out a close win. Exhibition games in, in basketball, college basketball, mean almost less than nothing. Every year, yes. a ranked team loses an exhibition game to a Division two or Division three school. Uh, exhibition games mean almost nothing. Coaches do not coach the same way in exhibition games that they're going to coach in the regular season. They play players that will never see the court in the regular season. Um, and so, Georgia has an exhibition game tomorrow night, but it will be... Uh, the the video will be available. I think you can watch it on Watch ESPN, and so uh, it'll be our first chance for a lot of us to really get to lay eyes on this team. Yeah, that game uh, is at, is against West Georgia, and ESPN, the SEC network, has it going on. 
uh, 7 p.m. tip is shown yeah, that so game. You should, if it's not on your TV, it should at least be on your computer. Um, you should be able to get access to that. First chance to see Tom Crean prowling the sidelines for the University of Georgia. You uh, used so that he, word correctly, prowling, by the way. That you was will the, not, You will not want to miss that. The intensity... No. The intensity mm-hmm. will be there even in exhibition. Georgia kicks off. Uh, that's the not the appropriate word. Georgia tips off the season. Uh, talking hoops, people. Tips off the season next Friday, November the 9th, uh, against Savannah State. So we're here to get you caught up on everything you need to know if you have not been following the dogs through the summer. Uh, we're here to get you caught up on everything you need to know about this team going into this season. Uh, we got We actually have a couple of uh, guests on the show. Today, we Clint? do, Daniel. We got some people uh, that are outside our voices. So you're going to hear, uh, besides Daniel, myself, and Asher, we got two more voices. Uh, Jake and Wells are going to be on here. So Daniel and I are going to talk for a little bit, and then you're going to get some other experts who keep a couple of media outlets busy with their fingers typing away. Uh, and yeah. you'll hear J- their takes. Jake, Jake runs the UGA Hoops fan Twitter account, which I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you uh, already follow. Uh, Wells is a Georgia basketball writer. He writes over at southeasthoops.com. He's got a Georgia basketball blog. Uh, is the guy that maybe you already know, and if not, a guy you need to get to know yep. uh, to be following along for some hoops coverage. We've got, we have got we figured, hey, we've never had a guest on the show. Uh, let's have two in the same show. So why, why, not? why not? Let's do this thing. So uh, they're coming up later, uh, so stay tuned for that. We'll give you our takes on the season First, and Clint, I guess if we're going to start with this team, um, let's let's start uh, let's start away from Georgia, uh, surrounding Georgia. Let's okay. Start with the league, the rest of the teams surrounding Georgia. Um, what do you know about SEC basketball these days, Clint? Uh, here's what I know about SEC basketball. Uh, like the SEC football, there are some teams that you love to hate in the mm-hmm. SEC. There are mm-hmm. some coaches you love to hate. There are some games that terrify you and get you all tied in knots, twisted with all the feels. Uh, SEC mm-hmm. basketball is a lot of fun, Daniel, is what I know. It's a lot of fun. It's not it's not upstate New York that is grinded out, uh, bullying type thing. It's just a lot of fun in the SEC to watch basketball. This is as much as I know. It's a lot of fun and... Uh, in the last few years, and and this year even more so, it, it what it is is it's extremely high level basketball. SEC basketball has always been very competitive basketball, but that wasn't always because all the teams were very good. Sometimes that was because a lot of the teams were very bad. Uh, but this year. Uh, and last year and this year and seems to be only getting stronger and stronger. Uh, SEC hoops is, it's a real thing. Yeah. Uh, last year, eight teams made the NCAA tournament from the Southeastern Conference. That's eight? Eight that's, teams? That's over half the conference is in the tourney. That's correct. Uh, and Mississippi State, a team that was on the bubble, made it to the championship game in the NIT and now returns nearly everyone from that team. Uh, so, Something else I know, Daniel, about the SEC is we are predicted to become to come in 13th in this conference this year is what we are predicted to come in. The Bulldogs. That's the, correct. Yeah, that's, that's rough. 13th out of 14 teams, 
Uh, and, you know, you could maybe quibble about 11, 12, 13, 14. But you you can't really go much farther than that no. in terms of what a reasonable human being could predict us to. So while it, it hurts your pride to be picked to come in 13th out of 14th, and certainly do I think the dogs can play better than that this season? Absolutely, I do. But this league is very good. And here's what that means for us. It means we're going to have a lot of chances to win mm-hmm. really big games at home, on the road, against not just rivals, but against ranked, nationally televised situations where we're going up against top 10 teams in the country. We're going to have multiple games against teams in the top, not the top 25, but in the Teams in the top 10. Uh, yeah. Kentucky, every year since the since the dawn of time, but certainly since John Calipari showed up, Kentucky is great, and the Kentucky game is big. Uh, Florida is perennially good at basketball and is obviously a bitter rival for us. Daniel, that hurts so bad coming into UGA Hoops fandom to know that Florida is better than us automatically. Being a UGA football fan, this one stings the most, Daniel. Yeah, they're better than us. They're better That's than us gr- right now. That's so let's, bad. Let's, um, but that doesn't mean we can't beat them. Last year, we gave them a little sweep. Just gave them a nice little sweep. Hello. Just, uh, down at your place, up at our place. Which let's one you two. want? We'll take both. Let's go two. Uh, Tennessee. Tennessee might be a national championship contending team. <laughs> Tennessee, uh, the SEC is is loaded with mm-hmm. teams, um, uh, and and I here's the reason I think the SEC is loaded with teams is because this is how it relates back to Georgia, because the SEC is loaded with coaches. Yeah, Daniel. Okay, um, you just you go down the list, and Kentucky is. Pick to finish first in the SEC. Well, Kentucky's obviously got Coach Cal, who's one of the best coaches in college basketball. Tennessee's picked to finish second in the SEC. Tennessee went out. They had the whole Bruce Pearl barbecue gate. They were put on all the whatever. And they went out and hired Rick Barnes, who was a Final Four coach. And for some reason, he wanted to go to Tennessee. Uh That's that's poor management on your end, dude. But but there he is, and now he's got Tennessee rolling. Auburn. Auburn yeah. has never had a basketball coach in the history of their program. And and now Auburn does what they always do. They pick up sloppy seconds from other SEC schools, and they say, oh Bruce, oh, Bruce Pearl's available? Oh, he's a sleazebag? Let me get him in here. Come and now him, Bruce, Pearl, Bruce Pearl has Auburn rolling um, with a little sprinkling of the FBI in there somewhere. Uh, by the way, if you want to get FBI takes, uh, wait a little bit for Jake and I's conversation. Jake and our conversation. We, we talk mm-hmm. about the FBI a lot. Uh, the FBI factors heavily when you're talking about SEC basketball. Uh, <laughs> Mississippi State picked to finish fourth in the lead league. Mississippi State has sputtered around for years in basketball, and then they go out and hire Ben Howland, another coach with Final Fours on his resume. Just goes to Starkville, Mississippi, 
and is now the state coach at Mississippi State. Uh, there are coaches in this league from top to bottom. You look at Mike Anderson at Missouri, mm-hmm. huge upgrade. Um, you look at, um, uh, no, I'm sorry, Conzo Martin is at Missouri. Uh, Mike Anderson is at Arkansas. Um, you look at Avery Johnson and what he's been able to do at Alabama. The yes. league has the league has gone out and gotten coach after coach after coach, and this is where it brings me back to Georgia. Georgia fans, uh, listen, I was always more. I'll say this: I was always more supportive of Mark Fox than many of my friends were. Many of my friends were ready to, you know who you are if you're listening to this podcast. Many of my friends were ready to can Mark Fox five years ago. Yeah. I was always more supportive of Mark Fox and his ability to get it rolling. But the truth of the matter is that sometimes, especially with the way the SEC is going, you have to be willing to go from a very solid coach yeah. to somebody that you think has a chance to be a great coach. And Because Mark, Mark Fox, Daniel, before he came to Georgia, was at Nevada. Nevada. Which... which respectable, I'm sure, but doesn't strike fear in me. I go back and I look at Tom Cream's resume coming in, and Tom Crean had Marquette in Indiana, who as a as just a you know casual fan, those are two teams that I know were good and in tournaments and had players coming out of that. And now he's yeah. coming to Georgia. That's a different ball game than Nevada. And both of those jobs at Marquette and Indiana, he was really building something. Because when he went to Indiana it was a dumpster fire of a situation yeah. they had had. They were under so many sanctions and they were decimated. Now, obviously, Indiana's got resources in their basketball program. Hopefully, Georgia will do that as well. But my point is, you, you just can't cont- continue to settle for pretty good, especially no. not in this league. Because if you settle for pretty good, you're going to be picked to finish 13th or 14th every year in the league. And so, uh, we gotta we got to start to turn things around, and I think Tom Crean is a great step in that direction. So, um, uh, yeah, where, where do you want to go next, Clint? you want to talk about – should we talk well, about the schedule? Should we talk about the roster? Well, yeah, Daniel, I, I want to get to the roster, but I also want to get to – first, let's start at the top. I want to get your take. Since we just said we were predicted to finish near dead last, just one above – uh, if you were to look at this roster and say, hey, or not this roster, I'm sorry, this schedule and say, hey, here are some places we can pick up some wins. Here are some places we can go ahead and be victorious. Uh, you can't really predict the giant upsets. They are upsets because they are upsets. Uh, but tell me yeah. some places where we can get our wins and then maybe what do you think our final projected record should be? Well, yeah, I'm going to go... I think the places that you can get wins, I think if, when you look at Georgia's schedule, two things stand out. One, there are pl- there are plenty of wins in the non-conference. Okay. Yeah. If we um, Georgia plays I guess who has become am I wrong about this? The University of Oakland has become now like an annual rival for Georgia. Is that what we're doing now? I don't we've played Oakland. Yante Mayton May he rest in peace. Is no longer on the team. Uh, we scheduled that game, and I guess Mark Fox just scheduled like a dozen year, like yeah. contract that we're. He got the Costco now, size of Oakland games. <laughs> he, did, he did. He picked it up on a pallet. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was. 
it was not a home and home. It, I guess it was a home and home and home and home and home and home and home uh, schedule. So we're playing Oakland again. Oakland is a terrible team. They beat us, if you'll recall, when we went up there. Uh, but they had a pretty decent team that year. They're, they're a terrible team this year. Um, we play games against Oakland and UMass and Sam Houston State and Savannah State and um, Texas Southern and Kennesaw. We play some yeah, we play some bad games. There are wins to be had in the non-conference. And then when you look at the conference schedule, um, we're picked to finish 13th in the in the league. The team that's picked to finish 14th is Ole Miss. We catch them twice. Okay. The team that's picked to finish 11th is South Carolina. We catch them twice. Mm-hmm. So you look at the schedule uh, and there are some conference wins as well that you got to pick up. Normally you would say you need to win your games at home because you know it's very hard to win on the road. Right. I don't think that applies to Georgia this year. I think Georgia needs to win its games home or away against bottom teams. Yeah. Because you're not going to beat hardly any of these teams at the top even at home. Okay, so do I hope that we're able to sneak an upset or two? At home against some bigger, um, against some bigger competition, I, I do. I am hopeful for that. But like Texas uh, is coming to our place, Kentucky, Texas Florida in, coming to our in place, non conference, LSU's yeah, coming got, to our place, Auburn's coming to our place, Mississippi State game will be at home. That could be a huge uh, game because I I do think Mississippi State's going to have a pretty big year this year. Um, but. You gotta win. You gotta win against some of the bottom feeders. So there are some opportunities to get some wins. Um, When I looked at the schedule, uh, honestly, I went through every game and I picked a win or a loss. Uh, I I got us at sixteen and fifteen on the year. I got us hovering right around five hundred, and that's going two and one in the Cayman Islands Classic. I have us. I have us coming out of that tournament fairly favorably. I do have us losing to Temple the second week of the season. I think we're going to be pretty bad early. I think this team's yeah. going to I think we're going to turn it over 47 times against Temple in that game. I yeah. think the team is going to have some growing pains early. I think we'll be much better late than we are early. Um unfortunately late is when we play some really good teams. So, yeah. Uh 16 and 15, I don't think we sniff the NCAA tournament this year. I don't think it's even reasonable to hope that we make the NCAA tournament this year. I don't I don't think there is anything on this roster or on this team that could even make you dream for that. Uh so, 16 and 15, I don't think the season will be We'll get to, at the end, we're going to get to what, what will make this season a success. And I don't think it has anything to do with one win-loss record. So uh, That's that's a great point. Uh, Daniel, my other question is this. Tom Crean coming in. Uh, just really two stats that I love seeing. Overall record of his coaching career, 356 wins, 231 losses. A lot okay. more wins than losses. Uh, and here's the big thing to me. He is 11 and 9 in NCAA tournament 
over 500 coach in the This NCAA. is a guy that knows how to win in March. This is this is I love this. So with Tom Crean coming in with the current players that are on the roster. You think about sorry, hold on. You think about that. If you're over 50 500 in the NCAA right. tournament. Listen, to go 500 in the NCAA tournament is to you lose in the second round. Correct. Which means if you're over 500 in the NCAA tournament, you have to make the Sweet 16. Georgia fans, the Sweet 16 is not a situation that is very familiar to us. That, that's foreign okay? territory, Daniel. Yeah. So this is he is more regularly when he's in the tournament. He's more regularly in the Sweet 16 than he is losing in round one. I love Just this. Process, process that information. To have a winning record in the NCAA tournament, especially if you haven't won a national championship, Correct. to have a winning record in the NCAA tournament is is crazy. It's, it's, that's a, it's that's a so mark good. of a really good coach. Really good coach coming in. So with that really good coach coming in and the new system he's bringing, who are some players on this roster that are going to benefit the most from Tom Crean as head coach? Yeah, I think... Um, I think there's a there's almost a, an an even what's that called like if you were going to graph it I think there's an even correlation between how athletic you are mm-hmm. and how much you're going to benefit from Tom Crane coming in as head coach. And by the way, this is this is the point that um, I the reason why I don't like basketball is because in football you can be a grinder and grind out some stuff. You could just be. Uh, I mean, may his football career rest in peace, David Pollock. David Pollock wasn't the most athletic dude, but you know what he was? He was just the guy that was going to outgrind you. And he he parlayed that into a payday coming out in the draft. Uh, but in, in basketball, you don't got athletes. Good night. You're just you're done with it. And if you have athletes with a coach that can coach them, hello, good things happening. Yeah, Cree obviously puts a he puts a huge emphasis on three point shooting. He's made that totally clear, and so it would be easy to say, well, the three point shooters are going to benefit the most, but I don't necessarily think that's true because the three point shooters on this team have been shooting three pointers. Right. The problem is they just haven't been making them. So hopefully, there's something about the way Cree is teaching. There's something about the way the offense is flowing that is going to make Tyree Crump and uh, teach on Hightower and Turtle Jackson uh, is going to make them better three-point shooters. Okay, that's that we need that to happen. I, I get that, but I think the guys that are going to benefit the most from Tom Crean is the are the guys that were the most limited under Mark Fox, which is the which is the less skilled, more athletic players, and I got two guys in particular, and they are both seniors. And they are both nearly ghost contributors to this oh. team for the last three years. So, Georgia fans, these are not the names that you expected to hear on the basketball season preview show. And I'm not going right. to say that these are going to be two of our best players on the team. That's not the question I'm answering, to be clear. I'm answering the question, who's going to improve the most Correct. under Tom Crean? And I think that their names are Ettorian Wilridge and Mike Edwards. I think Torian Wilridge and Mike Edwards are going to take the biggest jumps. Now, listen, no disrespect intended to either of these young men, but the jump is from 
very near nothing to whatever they go to. Okay, we're not talking about we're not talking about people that were now the, they were getting lots of playing time under Mark Fox, but it was the kind of playing time that made you want to eat your shoe as a as a fan watching the game because it seems like they were just never in a position to be able to do the things that they do well. And the things yeah. that they do well are slash and jump and cut and make athletic moves around the basket. They were shooting mid-range jumpers and they were uh, hmm. running this offensive system that did not give them the freedom to do what, what it was that they wanted to do. Listen, Torian Willridge came in against UAB, didn't play a minute in the first half. And I know exhibition games, I just got finished saying, don't mean anything. Didn't play a single minute in the first half. Came in, started the second half, played great defense against their best player, and largely shut him down in the second half. I think Atorian Willard is a great perimeter defender. He was not allowed to defend on the perimeter very often in Fox's system. He was more on the three, okay. um, sometimes even guarding the, the the four on the on the floor. I think. Crean has more of a philosophy where he's going to take his best defender and he's going to put it against their best offensive player regardless of position. So you might see a Torian Willard guarding the point uh, sometimes this season. Uh, played great defense and then was able to make some athletic plays. Mike Edwards in the game against UAB, uh, he was our second leading scorer Hello. in the game. Uh, listen, Mike Edwards does not have the most diverse skill set but Mike Edwards has always been extremely athletic. It's just that when he gets the ball, he looks like the game's moving too fast. He doesn't ever really look like he knows exactly what should be coming next. I think Crean runs a system that allows players to move more freely, that allows players to just play on instinct rather mm -hmm. than having to mm -hmm. dissect and understand a much more complicated scheme. And I think a guy like Mike Edwards is going gonna, is gonna to thrive in that type of scenario. I, I so that. those are two guys. That, those are two guys I, I expect to actually contribute to this team this okay. year as seniors. Whereas in, in years past, I would have never, we're just waiting for them to graduate basically in years past. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks won a Super Bowl championship on defense. And if you were to ask them what plays they ran, uh, the defensive coordinator just held up a fist. And, and that was like, go do you guys because the skill on the defensive side of the ball was so much more the athleticism that they just said beat your man in front of you we're going to keep it simple and let you guys do it uh, and improvise on the field uh, and if tom crean has that idea of getting action moving open space athleticism winning that's great great news uh daniel i got three players in my mind as i look at this roster that for okay. whatever reason i'm drawn to okay. i look at them and i say oh man this this is this guy's exciting. This guy's a I, stud. This guy's a stud, and I don't know why he is. I'm looking at him, and so maybe I need you to help me out. I'm going to give you three names, and I want you to tell me if my head is telling me they're a great play, or a good player with some skill I should be ex excited about, or if my heart is telling me that, and I need to I need to control that, bring that bring that bad boy back in rain him basically, a little bit basically you want me to tell you if you're being rational in in 
in liking these guys or not. That's correct. Uh, okay. I'm gonna. I'm, I have one that I'm not rational with, and I don't even care. He's not going to be one. I'm, I'm putting him off to the side. You don't get to touch him, and that's Turtle Jackson. I have no. So you're just in- going to hold him off for uh, yourself, then. He's holding for myself. You can't touch him. I, I love me Turtle Jackson, and and you don't get to touch him, and it doesn't even matter what you say. So uh, okay. he's over there. Uh, but I have three others for you. The first okay. one is this: JoJo Toppins jumping mm-hmm. out of the building. When Turtle Jackson dribbles, by the way, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know you said I, know you I, said I couldn't. I tried, I to, I tried I couldn't. to protect him. I tried to keep him over in the, in the side. There's, not, there's never been a human being that dribbles like he wants to dent the floor more than William Jackson II. When he dribbles, it is as if he has, a, he has lost, recently lost a bet to the floor and is just trying to get some measure of retaliation between it. He just is an angry dribbler, man. I'm not. I'm not saying anything good or bad about him, right there. I'm just saying that that guy can dribbles, really aggressive. All right, JoJo Toppin. JoJo Toppin. He we he, saw him out of fame for jumping out of the building at Stegmania. Mm-hmm. Dunk uh, contest. That is the don't dunk contest winner JoJo Toppins. Daniel, I'm excited about him. Is my heart telling me that, or is my head telling me that? They do a lot of dunk contests in the in the regular season of the of college basketball, but based on what uh, you've seen. They actually do zero of those. Okay. All right. Just make it sure. Yeah. <laughs> make it sure. Um, look, I love me some pregame layup lines. Okay. And JoJo Toppin is going to, he's going to own the pregame layup lines. Okay. Uh, I think this year, I think your heart, I think your heart may be getting a little bit in front of your head with JoJo mm-hmm. Toppin. Okay. Now, do I think that he is the freshman? I gave you two seniors. You did. Earlier. Do I think he's the freshman that is going to most benefit from Tom Crean over Mark Fox? A hundred percent I do. Remember what I said. The more athletic you are, the more you benefit from Tom Crean's system. This guy is athletic, just like Atorian Willridge and Mike Edwards are athletic. So I think he's going to develop a lot faster than um than other than he would have. I'll say that. Than he would have. Yeah. Yeah. I think he plays a position. So what I just said is I think Atorian Wilridge, um, who has who previously had no business getting minutes, really. I think Atorian Wilridge is gonna actually earn some minutes this mm-hmm. year. Uh and I think there's maybe another freshman or two that might be a little bit ahead developmentally of Jojo Toppin and so with Willridge getting some of those minutes and maybe another freshman getting yeah. some of those minutes, I just don't know that there's going to be a bunch of minutes for the guy. I think you're going to see him early. And if he, listen, if he proves some things early, like one, if he proves he can be a great defender, then he might find his way onto the court. Okay. Or, which I do not necessarily expect, I think that's the most likely way he gets on the court. Or if he proves... He's like an elite rebounder. Like if if he's on the court, if he go, he's just a guy that goes and gets everything. That could be a way he gets on the court. If somehow he has got an outside shot, which I just can't imagine having had it happen already. But I think JoJo Toppin is a guy that's got a lot of upside. I think next year, the year after, the year after, he'll be a guy we're talking about. Not this year. That, okay, that's fantastic. Uh, Daniel, what about our boy Crump? Is my head, I'm excited about him. Is my head or my heart telling me that I'm excited about Crump? Listen, I'm asking myself the same question. 
Okay. Day. Well, that, that this guy, it for me. This guy, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't know. Georgia fans, I've been listening to all of us complain about this man not getting on the floor enough. But when he does. I just don't, he's just not shooting a percentage that to me is reasonable for, like this guy's a shooter. That's what he is. Which is why I'm excited about him. Of course it is. Because this is what we need. And he's got the the swagger. He's got the the look about him that mm-hmm. he could just go out there and take this game over. The question you're asking is, is Mark has Mark Fox hamstrung him for the last two years? Mm-hmm. Or is he overrated? Oh, man. Just, I think... We're getting into a situation where that question is going to be answered this year. Yeah. And so okay. I'm going to say, I don't know. I, I you're, hope. You're going to withhold judgment on that one. I hope you are being rational and being excited about I know a lot of Georgia fans are excited about Tiger Cohen because they firmly believe that Mark Fox has, has underutilized him, has failed to allow him to develop. Uh, and, and so – they believe that he's going to have a huge year, breakout year. I don't okay. know. I'm not as optimistic, but we'll see. All right. So the two types of players that really draw me that I get excited about in college basketball are shooters that could just go ISO and drain a jumper somewhere on the floor. Love those guys. And the second guy that I get really excited about is tall, athletic, dominant, rebounder, slasher, uh, that sort of, of, of make and model of body type and athleticism. Daniel, am I excited about Claxton with my head or my heart? This is another Tyree Crump. This is another one that the Georgia fans have already crowned the best player on our team this year. Right. I mean, that everyone, this is everyone's pick for like, has a big jump from his freshman year to his sophomore year. Right. Everyone. Um, does that make me nervous when everyone picks someone? Let me just talk to yeah. you about betting, Clint. Is that I was just, what happens when everybody's on one side of a line, Daniel? What do you do? You normally go to the other side of that line. Correct. Um, so now, listen. I I think Nick Claxton has all the tools. Um, I I want him to try to play within himself this year. I think, I think Rayshon Hammond is going to be our best player, and I don't. Okay, think that was it's going, going to be, be my close. follow-up question. Is if I'm looking at Nick Claxton as excitement, should I be looking at Hammonds as more exciting player for us? I expect Rayshon Hammonds to average six more points per game at least than there Claxton, if not okay. if not eight. Uh, I think Hammonds is going to be our go-to guy this year. I think he's going to be the guy that has the ball in his hands most of the time. I think Claxton's still going to get a lot of cleanup points, garbage points, uh, alley-oops rolling to the basket, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know if Nick Claxton is capable of receiving the ball and scoring this year. Yeah, Does that make yeah. sense? I know that it he's capable sense. of getting rebounds and putbacks i know he's capable of he'll be our best defender 
I think See, this year, and that's why that's why I, again going back to what I like: long, athletic guys who can be out on the wing, who can go down low. He's going to block some defenders. shots. He's going to block some that. shots this year. He's going to contribute in a, in a real meaningful way. Hammonds is a guy that you can throw it to him anywhere on the floor, and he can get you a bucket. And there we go. Now, how good is he? Like, I, I, we are. That's yet to be determined. But Hammonds is a guy I expect to have a real. He'll be our best player on this team. He'll average our most points per game right. on this team. Uh, Claxton, I think, though, will see significant improvement. Just don't expect him to go out and average 15 points a game. Please. Uh, yeah. Please don't expect no. him don't to put go that out on and his average shoulders. 15 points per game. Don't do that. Just not, yeah, that's not who he is yet. All right, Daniel. Here's my final question as we're previewing Georgia Hoops. And I'll answer first, and then I'll have you answer afterwards, because mine's going to be very, very short. Uh, this season will be a success if dot dot dot. Here's what's going to be for me. If I enjoy watching games, it's going to be a success. And here's what I mean by that: if I could see what Tom Crean is building, if I could see the foundation he is laying, if I can see his philosophy, and I could see players taking it on, and I could see them get excited about it, because I've seen exciting basketball be played elsewhere. And I'm, I'm not looking for W's and losses. Why well, I, I clearly am. That's why you, you, you want the W's. I get that. Yeah, but you, you play to win, to win. the game. Uh, by the way, yesterday was the, I saw a little meme. That was the 16th uh, year anniversary yesterday of that news conference. Oh, which, Herman. Herm Edwards. Herm. Hey, Daniel, how much, how much would you pay to see Herm Edwards and uh, Mike Gundy do a, a news conference showdown? Give me Oklahoma State versus Arizona State in a bowl game. Oh, Daniel. God, if you're listening, make that happen. Just give us Oklahoma State versus Arizona State in a bowl game. How about not even a press conference showdown? Put them in the same room, Clint. Put them in the same room. We're talking about college hoops. Okay, sorry. Basketball season preview show. I digress. I digress. Um, I want to see... I want to turn on the TV. I want to see excitement. I want to see players into their role. Uh, I want to see Tom Crean laying a foundation that I can see a trajectory going forward. I don't want to see guys passing the ball around with a look on their face that say, "What? Well, I think you're supposed to shoot. No, I, I, I think you're supposed to shoot. No, no, no. I, I think you're supposed to take it to the to the rim. No, no, no. I, if I see that, I'm gonna. I just, I can't do it. That's gonna be a bad product. If I can see guys being confident, driving, slashing, shooting, throwing things up there. Um, being fast paced because that that to me is why I would watch college basketball. It's fast paced, exciting, fun. Uh, things are moving and pieces are going. So that that would be a success to me if I could see that happen. I think for me, I agree with you. It's not about wins and losses for me. Um, controversial take, maybe. I don't even care if we make the NIT. If we if we don't make the NIT, I won't even be mad. If It'll be a successful year for me if I see the right players develop in the ways that I want them to. So I'm looking for uh, November 9th against Savannah State Mm -hmm. versus March versus South Carolina. Yeah. I'm looking for... What do, what do these guys look like at the beginning of the season? 
What do they look like at the end of the season? Um, listen, obviously, I'm not talking about guys like Atori and Willridge and Mike Edwards anymore because those guys are 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 going to be gone. Turtle Jackson going to be gone. Uh, but I'm looking for guys like Tishon Hightower. I'm looking for guys mm-hmm. like Jordan mm-hmm. Harris. I'm looking for guys like Crump. I'm looking for Hammonds and Claxton. Uh, I'm I'm looking for the freshmen to see who's who because you this team is losing next year. This team is losing Turtle Jackson, Etorian Willridge, Mike Edwards, and Derek Ogbede. This team is going to be taking on guys who are to a man. Uh, one to two stars higher rated than yeah. each of those players at every position. Georgia, this Georgia fans, this this roster just is not talented enough to win. Okay, no. so what I want to see is the guys who are going to be here next year when the roster, objectively speaking, will be more talented than it is this year. Right. Uh, I want to see have those guys progressed. And are they have they taken the next step from a talented recruit a la Tyree Crump to a player that can really play college basketball, which we've not yet go. seen from some of these guys. So um, that's what I'm going to be looking for. That'll be a successful season for me. You talk about um, uh, what's the dude's name for the for the Indiana Pacers? Uh, oh, Victor Oladipo. Victor Oladipo. You talk about a guy. Came in as a three-star guy, uh, and is now one of the twenty best players in the NBA. That's Tom Crean development. That's what I want to see this year. I don't. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to see. No, I don't need to see wins and losses. I need to see Tom Crean developing guys to get them ready to take the next steps, so that next year we got a team that that can make the NCAA tournament. This is like it. That. I'm I'm willing to give a one-year uh, wait. Before we before we're back in the NCAA tournament, so I like that a lot, uh, Daniel. Um, just so you guys know, I, uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you I'm reading Daniel as we're doing this podcast. And I'm going to let you know, dog fan. Uh, I've never seen Daniel more serious about anything is in is in in his entire life than the past 40 minutes talking UC you uh, NCAA basketball hoops and the dogs. He is in it. There there have been times I've tried to derail him, uh, which we get. We get derailed real easy when we talk college football, uh, but this man, this man's, uh, this man's a little tight-lipped over here. About Started to do some deep breathing exercises already. Yeah, we're uh, yeah. Listen, season is is right around the corner, Georgia fans. Uh, it's not going to be an exciting season the same way that the Georgia football season is currently exciting, Hello. but it is going to be a very exciting season in terms of a new era of Georgia basketball and that's worth a watch man that's that is worth you checking in through the through the good times and the bad times so um uh, listen you want to talk about some guys that 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 gets that get geeked out about college basketball I'm not yeah. the only one Clint we got a couple of guys here um uh, we're gonna start with our interview um, with our boy Jake. Again, he runs the UJ Hoops fans Twitter account. I'm sure you're already following it. Uh, if not, you will be after this interview. Uh, you 100% will be. stone cold lock guarantee. 
you will be following that Twitter account after you hear this interview. And then directly after that, you will hear our interview with Wells, um, our buddy Wells, who is, uh, again, a Georgia basketball writer, blogger, uh, contributes over at southeasthoops.com. So a guy that uh, has insight into the program, that thinks about this program, not just in February and March, but 12 no, months year a round. year. Yeah. So, um, uh, so both of those interviews are coming up, and then we'll be back to close out the show after that. Enjoy. All right, guys, we're excited to have uh, our boy Jake. He runs the UGA Hoops fans Twitter account. I'm sure all of you already follow it. Uh, we're following it, right, Daniel? We're on Twitter with this guy. We're, we're following Jake. We're in there. We're in there. We're right in the thick of it. So they should be as well is what you're saying. They should be as well. Yes. Sh- shouldn't they, Jake? Oh, definitely. Absolutely. Um, uh, Jake, how are you doing today, man? Uh, doing fantastic. How about you guys? We're doing great. Doing great. It's almost basketball season. Basketball season, that's not almost. Basketball no. season is here. It's here, Daniel. I, yeah, it starts with the first exhibition, so we already took care of UAB, so in my book, it started. That's right. That's right, Jake. We've had live action on the court against another team. Um, uh, all right, let's, let's jump in. We want to hear, listen, Clint and I don't know nothing about nothing, and so we want to hear... From you, who is a little bit more plugged in, maybe to what's happening in the basketball world than we are about our team. But before we do that, um, I know we we did a grossest fan bases in the SEC, Clint, mm-hmm. uh, and we we went through and we ranked our grossest fan bases in the SEC. We talked primarily football, though obviously basketball was included; it was a factor. But I want to know from you, Jake, uh, who are the three? grossest coaches in sec basketball there are so many to choose from mm-hmm. but i need you to rank them three two and one who are the three worst of the worst yeah it's, it's pretty tough because there's several that uh qualify um but i have to go ranking three two one um number three i'd have to go with uh coach cow on that one okay um that's a little surprising. I know most people probably have him at number one. Um, but just for me, you know, expecting Kentucky to be always good, that, that kind of puts it in perspective. They're going to have, you know, a coach that cheats a little bit. Um, yeah. you know, he had this scandal with Marcus Camby. They got at UMass, they got their final four vacated mm-hmm. and scandal with Derek Rose at Memphis, got mm-hmm. their final four vacated. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just kind of annoys me the way, the past couple of years, he always just kind of pats George on the back. Like, man, they, they really played good. You know, I'm surprised we won that game, blah, blah, blah. He just kind of, I don't know, just kind of rubs me the wrong way. Gosh, I'm so um, glad you said that. I feel like yeah, he was yeah. the most patronizing toward Mark Fox of any human being on the planet. It was so gross to me. Yeah. Not only that, but it's the way he always, in every press conference, talks about how young his team is. Oh. That's what he recruits. He recruits yeah. freshmen to we, play and we know. go pro. So. Yeah, we we know you're young. You recruit the best players in the country. So cry me a river. Um, yeah, that that for me kind of kind of puts him definitely in the top three. Jake, um, over under uh, fifteen violations that never get talked about on a given year in Kentucky. Definitely taking the over. Yeah. Um, but it's an easy. That is an easy money lock, right there. Over under two hundred gallons of hair product per year put on that head. 
Uh, I'm going to have to take the over there yeah, again. Yeah, um, it's not. I tried to go with a number that was high enough, but I just couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Yeah, I, I, don't, think there, I don't think you can set that number too high. You really can't. The, the sales in Lexington of the product, product hair products have soared. Uh, all right, who's, who's coming in at number two then? Who's even worse than that? Number two, uh, this one's going to be kind of new to Georgia fans, but um, he's definitely going to gonna make his name. Uh, Will Wade over at LSU is uh, hello. He's, he's already he's already got uh, the FBI recorded him. He was enticing a middleman to try to pay Zion Williamson. Yeah, um, he was. Ended up going to Duke, uh, and he of course played it off like he's a choir boy. Um, yeah. Last year, when we were putting it on LSU, I think we were up at tw- by twenty at one point. He kind of threw a little temper tantrum, and I, I just think he's sneakily going to be somebody that we don't like coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, you know, again, with Kentucky, you kind of expect it, but LSU, um, you know, that, that's kind of a team that really has almost kind of been on our level um, basketball-wise where they, they just had a big drop-off the previous season. And I think Will Wayne's going to be somebody that we definitely don't like, and we get him twice coming up this season, so that kind of influenced me a little bit too. Um I like but, that. I like that. It gives gives Georgia fans something to look forward to. A coach to yeah, hate. A coach a new coach to hate. That's fantastic. Yeah, kind of, kind of a kind of a different one that wouldn't be probably on most people's top three. So just just him, I think he can I think he's got the making to be a real sleaze bag. So I'm just gonna gonna put him at number two there. I like that. Anytime you lead with the FBI's got him on tape and I'm, then I'm sold. That sentence there's no wrong way to finish it. Nope. That's that's a great that's a great lead. Does Will Wade have Florida connections too, Jake? Am I wrong about that? I know previously he was at VCU, and according to what they've come out, they said pretty much as soon as he got to LSU, the NCAA started following him for some of his recruiting tactics. So like as soon as he touched down in uh, Baton Rouge, they were kind of looking at him. Um, hmm. But I do know he was previously with VCU, but okay. I'm thinking not sure on the Florida connection. Okay, yeah. You're, when you're welcome committee, when you get in, first day on the job, just FBI van out in front waving hello to you. Yeah, unmarked white van just following you. Your kids are like, hey, Dad, who's that? That's that's just random, Daddy's work friends, son. That's just Daddy's yeah, work friends. A random friend. pest control van has been parked outside his house for a while. That's, that's absolutely true. All right, listen, Jake, I don't think there's any anybody who's been following you on Twitter, Twitter for any length of time. I think knows what's coming right now, but give us give us the number one. Who's the grossest coach in the SEC? Hands down, not even a debate. It's Bruce Pearl. Yeah, barbecue He's Bruce, crazy. baby. That's... Yeah, it's uh, it's bad enough. You know, coached at Tennessee and coached at Auburn. That enough. That's enough right there. Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, <laughs> you know, his his tactics, lying about the barbecue, um, admitted. That he told people not to tell anybody about the barbecue. This boy Chuck Pearson under uh, FBI investigation. Of course, he claims he didn't know anything about anything Chuck Pearson was doing. Um, no, never. Why would you know what your assistants are doing? Yeah, exactly. Especially in a sport like basketball, where there's a lot less moving parts than football. Um, so every right. now and then, I can kind of buy that argument with football because there's so many pieces that go to the team. But uh, in basketball, terrible oversight by him and. Uh, and I also hate it because be, when he was suspended or serving you know, after he got canned from Tennessee, uh, being on ESPN, they kind of oh. always kiss his butt a little bit, which yeah, is very good. annoying too. Mm-hmm. Um, which yeah. ESPN tends to do with their former former employees, I guess they uh, they don't kind of give them the heat they deserve. So he is just, in my opinion, 
a grade A scumbag, and he could, and it, it just fits Auburn's like their their whole deal. I mean, they take somebody that was kicked out Correct. of a school or got sanctioned, and they 100%. take them. So hundred percent, it's a marriage made in hell for them. But yeah. uh, I can't stand Bruce. Bruce Pearl is the Cam Newton of basketball coaches. Oh my, that's yeah. just let's call it what it is. Uh, how many? What's the bigger number? Number of times Bruce Pearl has taken his shirt off and painted it orange or national championships that he has. Well, definitely the, uh, the shirt. There we yeah, go. He, uh, he still, yeah, that's, he took, um, took Tennessee, I believe to the lead eight a, a while back. Um, but yeah, he still is, he's never gotten that final four threshold, but hopefully he never will. But, uh, yeah, yeah he, he, he certainly can turn the team around. Um, it goes to show what paying recruits can do for a program. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> You can turn it around quick when you're just handing out those bags. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, look, let's get on to our team. We uh, we we talked about other teams long enough. Listen, it's the Tom Crean era. A lot of Georgia fans were ready for this. A lot of Georgia fans were, were anxious to move on from Mark Fox. We're not really here to take a position on Mark Fox positive or negative i want to know from you jake what are you most excited about about the tom crean era i think really what is going to set him apart um definitely from kind of what we've seen previously is he knows kind of what georgia is he definitely knows that it's a football school and he's got to do a lot to get excitement about it because fans and you know support is a big part of college basketball but I think that one of the biggest things that he brings that Georgia fans have kind of been looking for is a really aggressive offensive mindset. Um, his philosophy, yeah. a ton of sets, a lot of motion, a lot of cutting to the basket, uh, and he likes people to shoot threes. He's a big on the three ball, which has not been Georgia's strength <laughs> as of as of late. As of so forever. Yeah, so I think that that philosophy will resonate pretty well with fans and make for a pretty exciting team to watch. Um, and just especially, you know, Mark Fox, he definitely, you know, kind of didn't leave the cover bare. You know, Kareem has a pretty decent, you know, amount to work with. And um, I think that he's just kind of embraced that where he hasn't come in and said, you know, we got to blow this thing up and we got to wait till I get my recruits in. He said, you know, kind of constantly, he didn't make any judgments about the previous players. You know, Jordan Harris that had kind of a, a weird season last year. Um, you know, he left him back. You know, officially 100 on the team, and uh, I think he's really just looking to build on what we have and make it better. So he's really focusing just a lot of positive energy, and he's just killing it with social media. Uh, I know at the UGA day at the Braves game, he led the chop. Uh, they said he dropped a puck at a uh, UGA hockey intramural game. So he's just really busting his tail to, to get people excited. So to say he won the offseason would be an understatement. Um, but, of course, now we got to see what he can do on the court, which I think will be this year some ups and downs. But, again, I think that we have some pretty good pieces to where we'll be, if nothing else, a very exciting team that plays hard. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, let's get to on the court then. Um, uh, talk to me about this roster. Talk to me about who, who are we excited about on this roster? There's no, we know there's no Yante Mayton, uh, and so I believe if I'm if I'm correct, he scored 100 percent of the points for us last season. Is that accurate? 
was that 96.7 percent of the points last year so um he's obviously gone so either we're going to average 1.2 points per game this year or somebody's going to play better than they did last year so there are literally an entire roster full of choices to play better than they did last year i guess including freshmen who didn't even play but who are some breakout give us some some names to watch if you're gonna uh, give us some breakout players. There's a lot of talk about a few guys. Are those the guys you're excited about? Or are there other guys that are a little more under the radar? Who are you looking at on this roster that makes you excited? Well, there's several pieces, I think, that can come into play. Uh, I think the number one guy that's going to make a pretty big impact is going to be Rayshon Hammonds, uh, the sophomore at Norcross. Um, last season, he averaged 6.7 points a game, 4.9 boards. Um but there were a couple times you know, last season where he would kind of go quiet. Like there was sometimes, honestly, it felt like he wasn't even playing. Um, but he was a four-star guy, and he's got really good, you know, very good mechanics. He can cut to the basket. Uh, so I think that under Crean's system, again, you know, the offensive mindset that Crean brings, you know, like I said, that's, that's the most um, exciting feature, I believe, of his yeah. game plan is how he's going to just – let the players go loose a little bit. I think that mm. a lot of times Hammonds and Fox's kind of more rigid sets kind of got, you know, like I say, sometimes you wouldn't even notice he was playing. But I think that he's going to really up his game. And I think that he's definitely a prototypical player that Crean likes. You know, he's, I think he's 6'7", but he's really athletic. could really play the four or the three. So I think he's going to be probably the number one guy that improves his numbers. Um, okay. I can see him going... You know, from six points a game to 14, uh, okay. probably about six boards. So right. I think he's going to have the biggest jump out of anybody uh, from last season. Yeah, um, I think he's a guy for sure that since we since he signed two years ago, you know, it's one of those where, Georgia, you're in basketball, when you get a top 50 guy, you, you know, you're almost disappointed if he doesn't come in and average, you know, 15 points a game or something. Uh because basketball just seems to work that way, but that's just not that's not how it always plays out. And so hopefully he takes that next step in his development. Yeah, and I think so. Uh, that he, yeah, I definitely have a lot of high hopes for him, and especially in this Crean offense where it's you know a lot of cutting to the basket. Yeah, uh, and another guy that is almost like the just perfect fit for what Crean wants to do is Nick Claxton, uh, better known as the Slim Reaper. Slim uh, Reaper. I think that just with his athletic ability, he can create so many matchup problems for defense because he's not like last year. He's not afraid to shoot threes. We saw that uh, hit a couple of them, but he you know can stretch you out like that. But then down low, he, he gets in there and scraps for boards. Uh, there were several times last season. Uh, I can remember once against Auburn um, at home. You know he got into a big tie up, and you know he's got a fire about him. But so he's yeah. not scared. Yeah, and I think that. With his athleticism, that Crean is really going to use him a lot. I think he's going to make a huge jump. Uh, he only averaged, I think, about 3.9 points per game and 3.9 boards per game. And I think he's easily going to double production on both fronts easily. And I think just, again, with Crean's offensive philosophy, I think he's also going to be that guy that we're going to see him shoot a lot more threes this year. I think that he's going to kind of get a little bit more of a, a green light on taking some long-range shots, and I think that's going to really help us um, exploit defenses where you know, we can make him a matchup problem. Can he make those long-range shots 
is my question. I love him down low, and I love his fire, and I love his rebounding. He was our best rebounder in a lot of games last year, including Yante Mate and Derek Ogbede. I felt like I felt like in in certain games he was our best rebounder. But uh, can he can he make those shots, or is he going to be a guy that's out there shooting? And every time he shoots, you cringe and wish that he would go somewhere where he could hit from. That's, that's I think that's my big question with Claxton. Yeah, that, that's a fair question. You know, I, I don't have his percentages, but um, I know he you know occasionally hits some. Uh, but I, I just think with his athletic ability and uh, especially the fact that he was a freshman last year, you know, having a you know, off season and um, training and getting a little bit better. Uh, hopefully, he's put on some weight. Um, yeah. that would be a that'd be a big plus. I think he weighs about. I think they give him two fifteen, but I think he's about two hundred. Um, at six yeah. foot eleven, that's it's not ideal. He's two. Um, he's two hundred pushing one thirty five. Is what it looks yeah. like out there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um. All right. Those those are two big names. You got anybody? Give us give us some maybe an un, you got any under the radar guys? You got anybody that that we're not hearing a ton of buzz about in the off season that you think is really going to take a step? I think that one guy that you don't hear too much about but showed spurts last season is a T-Shot Hightower. Okay. Uh, he, he played pretty decently, I thought. Um, it seemed like against the Texas A&M home game, uh, he played pretty well. I think he had one or two kind of bad turnovers. But he is a point guard that every time he was in there, he wasn't scared to you know, dribble drive. He wasn't scared to attack the, attack the paint to try to you know, make something happen make the defense collapse on him. And I think that that attitude is going to go a long way with Crean's philosophies um, because I love Turtle, and I think that he's you know he, he's consistent, but sometimes he's just too hesitant, and he just won't make a move and go to the basket and try to make something happen, either you'll get the defense to collapse on him or kick it out. And I think Tishon will. Tishon doesn't really seem, seem bothered by the idea of, you know, I'm the point guard, I'm going to take the ball. I'm going to make something happen. So I think that Hightower's one that's kind of under the radar. You don't hear too much about, but I think he's one guy that could really make a big difference this season. Those those are great names. I I love hearing all of that. <clears throat> I think what I love hearing is just the level of excitement and getting the athletic guys in space to create, which is what makes college basketball fun and exciting. Uh, Jake, if you were to give us your best case scenario and your worst case scenario for this year. Give us your give us your best case for what we might be able to do and then give us your worst case, kind of doomsday scenario, but the the sun is bright scenario as well for this team. Well, we definitely have a work cut out for us with the uh, schedule um, already, you know, just in the preseason, you know, Kentucky, Tennessee, uh, Clemson who we should face in the Cayman Islands tournament. Um, LSU, Mississippi State, Auburn, all ranked. Uh, so we, we definitely have a rough schedule. And, you know, again, with, with Crean's you know, offensive-minded philosophy, it's totally different from what Fox did. So you're kind of – you got to kind of temper expectations, I think. And I think that hopefully a lot of fans understand that, that, you know, even if you look at Kirby Smart's first year, we still lost to Vanderbilt at home, you know. So Thank you for reminding us. Yeah, Jake, um, bro, our, our friendship was starting to go really well, and then you said that, so uh, yeah. that, <laughs> that, that was rough. That was, uh, well, I, I was going to say that we finished on a strong note, beat Texas, or, uh, yeah, Texas Christian um, in the bowl game. So there you you go. Know, there's, there's going to be some ups and downs, especially with the level of talent 
um, in the SEC alone that we're going to face. But I think best case scenario, like for the conference, um, we go eight and ten. I think eight wins is kind of the ceiling. Uh, I think that we should be able to beat, you know, Ole Miss, uh, South Carolina. I think Alabama is going. They're really talented, but they're going to miss Sexton a lot. Uh, so there are some wins on that SEC slate, but I think worst case. Again, with the transition, one of the things that Crean's teams at Indiana had an issue with was turnovers, and that was something that we're already not very good with, this roster. So if if we turn the ball over a lot, given the level of teams that we play in conference, I could see, unfortunately, uh, maybe four wins in the conference. Um, So it it could go either way, but I, I really think that probably a realistic goal is seven conference wins. This season, just with the level of competition that we play and kind of all things considered. Um, so overall, factoring in the non-conference, I think kind of what we did last year, about 18 and 15, I believe is what we finished last season. Uh, I think that's kind of the, kind of the, I guess you don't want to say the ceiling, but I think that's kind of a realistic outlook. Maybe 18 and 15, 7 and 11 in the conference uh, is kind of the, benchmark that I would be expecting but then again worst case that could easily be again four wins in the conference and you know looking at a little bit different below maybe a couple games below 500 yeah absolutely I think you're I think that's a very realistic scenario give me what, what percentage chance do you give us to make the NCAA tournament is it zero or is it I hate you know, it's, it's like I say, I don't ever want to be, you know, you, you never want to say never, but I, I would say it's probably like 10%, to be honest, just all things considered. Uh, I don't have any expectations of uh, going dancing this first season with Cream. Maybe, again, if we if we hit, you know, an 18 and 15 type record with maybe an upset or two, given the toughness of our schedule, we should have a great RPI, maybe an NIT berth. You know, that's something that, you know, I think, again, that might be a little bit of our ceiling but uh, something that's potentially there for this team this year. Yeah, I think I think you're right. And I think you'd agree, no matter what the outcome of this season on the court, uh, the future is future's pretty exciting for Georgia basketball, right? Oh, definitely. I think that you know, it's just something to, like I say, with the fans that are just kind of jumping on the bandwagon, I just really hope they don't automatically expect Cream to just, you know, just start pasting teams and just we're going to be totally different because just kind of looking at the uh, the outputs from last season I mean in the SEC we ranked 14th in points per game uh, at 68.1 Ooh. we're 14th in assists per game oh no uh, 13th in field goal percentage and 13th in three point percentage so you know, wow. we got some exciting pieces, and you know like I say Rayshon and Claxton people to get excited about but at the same time you know we just weren't very productive on the offensive side of the ball in conference play last year. And given the fact that this, this coach is all about offensive production, it's going to be, it's going to be an overhaul. So there's, you know, definitely, I just think there's going to be some ups and downs, but I do think with our schedule, we are going to win at least one or two games that we have no business winning. Uh, I, I think that will happen. So can't wait. Can't wait for that. Gosh, make it, make it Auburn on the road. Give me, give me one of those. Give me, Give me Tennessee. Give me a Tennessee win. Give me Florida at home. Give me one of those wins. Yeah, um, I think a win like that would really kind of just 
show that we're moving in the right direction uh, and, and get to the fan base excited for sure that, you know, that, uh, that we can do this, that just the first year, but if we just see signs of really good improvement, again, obviously our, uh, our conference ranking points and stuff like that, if we see a improvement at the end of the year from last season, I think that should be enough to give fans the, the, uh, the idea that we can be a basketball school. We can't compete in the SEC at basketball. So that's kind of the biggest thing, just a, you know, noticeable improvement and hopefully a tangible win that we can tag along to that. Love it. Jake, look, we really appreciate you jumping on the pod with us uh, today for the basketball season preview show. Uh, remind the folks out there where they can find you on Twitter. I can't imagine there's anybody that's not already following you on Twitter, but remind Just them. Just in case. Remind them where they can find you on Twitter for all the uh, inside and uh jj frazier hitting a dagger three against south carolina gifts that you're going to be sending out all year yeah just uh at uga hoops fans uh i mess around quite a bit on there so i think it's worth worth a follow if you have any interest whatsoever in georgia basketball so which you're you're talking to a whole bunch of people that do uh ourselves included so 100 percent verify it's worth a follow worth a follow we are there we're following jake and it's well worth your time people Dude, man, we'd love to have you back maybe as the season progresses. Uh, jump on the show again. We really appreciate your time today, man. Yeah, thanks, Jake. Yeah, man, I appreciate you guys having me on. And you're a big fan of your y'all's podcast. I love the uh, the Florida hate in particular. Uh, that was nice. And a couple of the segments sponsored by Mylanta I could definitely uh, relate to. So. <laughs> oh, Lee, I need some stock in that company. I need it. I need it. Uh, all right, man. It's great talking to you. We'll get you on here soon. All right, thanks. Go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. All right. Well, we are excited to welcome to the podcast uh, our buddy Wells, who is a uh, basketball writer and blogger. He writes for southeasthoops.com. He has his own Georgia basketball blog. Wells, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Oh, it's good. We're talking hoops. We're talking hoops, Wells. I'm I know, right, right um, in the middle of football season, but Gosh. hoops is on the horizon, and I'm beyond fired up for the Tom Green era to begin. Oh, man, you well, got you got that right. Look, you and me both, Wells. Football team is doing great, but listen, there's no reason you can't cheer for two teams at the same time. That's always been my mentality. We don't have to wait till football season ends to get fired up uh, about this team. Oh, uh, absolutely. I just... I think there's a lot to get excited about with Georgia. This may be sort of a quote-unquote rebuilding year, but, I mean, when you look at all the excitement that Tom Crane's bringing in and more the the fan interest that's um, been growing, uh, I just, I'm beyond stoked for basketball season. Absolutely. All right, well, let's get into it. For those of uh, our listeners that have not been neck deep in the roster, or following the basketball team to the extent that you have. Uh, Wells, give us maybe, let's start with the newcomers. Every year, there's a new crop of freshmen, uh, and every year it feels like there's at least one or two freshmen on Georgia's roster that really make an immediate impact. Uh, Last year, you know, we had Hammonds and Claxton and Mm Tishon Hightower, and, you know, there's a, a lot of contributors in that freshman class. What about the freshmen from this year? Who who are you keeping an eye on uh, in terms of the newcomers to this team? So this didn't appear to me until a few weeks ago, but I think the guard from Lithuania, Ignis Sargunius. Ignis, had, baby. He 
he could be a huge contributor. Let's do the this. The that I've heard around the program is that he can really facilitate. And, I mean, he looks like a dude who can come in and provide heavy minutes and quality contribution for the Bulldogs earlier. So a background on him is that he has a lot of experience playing overseas for the last couple of years. Um, just from a couple of weeks ago in the exhibition against UAB, he made some great passes that led to easy buckets. Um, I, I think for him is the question mark will be how well can he handle the ball and can he be a three-point shooter for the Bulldogs. Um, I, I would say he's probably the most boring player to most fans, and we only have like a small sample size of him. But the buzz I've been hearing is that he's going to play a huge role this year. He'd be, he would be playing at the two more so, right? He wouldn't be the primary ball handler? He's probably going to be, I'd say, probably play the two, and then if Crean wants to play small, maybe throw him at the three. Okay. But he's a shooter, right? I mean, this is his thing, right? Yeah, I mean, honestly, if he can, I I think there's just since we haven't seen much of him, he can be a shooter, but I think he is going to be more of a facilitator. Okay, well, Wells, Daniel's been pumping this guy to me as I've been educating myself on Georgia. He's been saying, uh, look for the kid from Lithuania, and you're saying it too. This is now two of you who are deep into it telling me, I like guys that can score buckets. So facilitator sounds a little. You said boring, uh, but yeah. you're, but you think this is good for Georgia basketball that he's he's got that skill set. Uh, definitely. I mean, if you can get guys involved like Claxton, I feel like even for a guy like Derek Obeda who can just get some easy buckets down low, get some looks. Someone Obeda hasn't had as many looks this past year. So you just feed him the ball down low. Um, I feel like if he can get Rayshon Hammonds involved and even getting wide open three um, wide open shots for three point shooters like a Tyree Crump who's proven that he can get hot at times. Yeah, absolutely. And even just I mean, you know what Tom Cream wants on this team. He wants guys that can stretch the floor and shoot it. Mm. And we haven't had guys that can sh- even you know, even guys like Crump who have been acclaimed as three-point shooters haven't always shown the consistency uh i'm I'm cautiously optimistic about this guy i love a guy whose name i can't pronounce early in the year oh definitely that's, that's uh, a, it, it was probably a struggle when i was getting that one out no abs- absolutely <laughs> you, you did it better than i was gonna do it so thank you for leading that one um uh, any other any other freshmen you're looking out for real quick or is that is that the primary guy we should be we should be watching um, i would say I'm wrestling back and forth. I might have to share both of them. JoJo Toppin and then Amon's Nigumezi. So for speaking, Toppin, speaking of guys, I, speaking of guys whose name I can't pronounce. Oh well. Give give me more. Yeah. Give me. So for Toppin, I'd say um, the only drawback with him is that he might not be able to get as many minutes at the forward position, playing behind probably Rayshon Hammonds and maybe even um, Sargunas. Uh, the thing for Toppin is he he is an athletic freak. He can jump out of the gym. Um, he's a guy who will develop over the years. He seems like a guy, it may be too demanding to ask for him to bring high production at this um, time. But yeah. I think he could be a, he could jump in. I mean, he can, he can, he can be a bucket if he needs to be. Yeah. Tra- Travis Leslie, uh, mold maybe possibly. Yes. 
And then as for Nigumezi, I'd say he is the closest person you will find a comparison to Yante Mayton. Oh, hello. Oh, that's a name. That's a name we know. Okay, we know yeah. we know that guy. We've seen him play a few times. Yeah, so the biggest key for him, I mean, he's at 6'9", um, 245 pounds right now. He can really score down low. Um, I think the toughest thing for him right now is just getting his body ready for SEC play. It's very hard to go into this league as a freshman, but I, I do believe he has the ter- determination and drive to be one of the better bigs on this team and over the years maybe in this league. I think his goal over the years is going to be kind of can he develop an outside game? Mayton didn't really develop one from the three-point line until his senior or junior and senior year. Yeah. So that's going to be Nigumezi's drawback for okay. right now. But I think he he could be a guy who might be playing when Georgia kind of slows it down at times. He may be that guy that may be a complimentary piece to Derek Obeda. Okay. All right. Well, listen, enough about the freshman. Let's just get right to it. When the season tips, uh, obviously things can change as we go. But in these first few months of the season, who who you expect to be the starting five on this team? So I'm I'm thinking Tshawn Hightower, Jordan Harris, Rayshon Hammonds, Nicholas Claxton, and Derek Obede. So Tyree Crump still can't get a start. Mark Fox is gone, and Tyree still can't get a start. I think he and Harris are going to be wrestling with that um, shooting guard position all year. Okay. Um, uh, so obviously you think Crump's going to be coming off the bench. You think we'll start fairly a pretty big lineup. You think we're going to see more of Hammonds at the three this year than we saw last year? Yes, definitely. Hammonds is going to be one of those guys who can just kind of come off the Wing, I think he, Tom Crane's really going to make him attack the rim this year. And we saw Hammonds was most successful when he attacked the rim, got those second chance and third chance opportunities. He's just going to have to find a way to finish around the bucket this year. Yeah. All right, so Crump, Crump coming off the bench, obviously. Who else is factoring heavily in the rotation this year? Um, I definitely say... I think Georgia is going to play a tighter rotation this year. I think okay. maybe they'll be coming like in and out early, but as for right now, I I just think the best people who give Georgia a chance to win will be when Turtle Jackson's coming off the bench at point guard, giving us about 20 minutes per game. Tishon Hightower, kind of that balance, of maybe like 25 minutes per game. But really – Maybe like a seven or eight man rotation where, I mean, I mean, I know Crean might want to like sub a lot with that up tempo style, but kind of creating momentum with some of these guys, getting them scoring and confidence along the way. Well, you said Turtle Jackson getting twenty minutes. <clears throat> that excites me. I, I like me some Turtle Jackson. Uh, twenty minutes a game coming off the bench. Uh, that's exciting. That that kind should of, kind of split in time with Tishon Hightower, like fifty fifty. Yeah, that's what it seems of. like, right? Yeah, definitely. I think Turk Jackson's going to be that guy. It's hard to determine how much Crane really wants to use him this year, but kind of building for the future, you see a guy like Keyshawn Hightower who has such a high ceiling. Mm. And Turtle Jackson still has that experience. He can really guard some of those guard, like top guards in the league. Yeah. And Jackson's still going to get you 
he'll knock down a couple threes for you in a game. Yes, he it's will. just a matter of it's always been for him just a matter of like consistency scoring. And I feel like uh, Hightower is more of that facilitator who can also score and attack the rim. Okay, that's good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I think for sure we'll see more guys early because Crean's going to want to get a look from as many guys as he can. But I think your point about the rotation is you – know, I, I think all of Georgia basketball fans are kind of hoping for that. I think it was mm-hmm. a lot of frustration towards the end of the Mark Fox era with just how many guys we were bringing into the game consistently that we could never get a solid rotation. We were just giving too many minutes away to the guys down at the end of the bench. You think you think that's likely to change? Yes, I definitely do. I do think at the start of the season, Crean's really got to kind of do some trial and error and see like where he finds his most successful players and he really gives um, him a, the best chance of Georgia winning games. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah absolutely. That sounds really exciting because I watch the other teams that have success and they have a tight bench where you're going six or seven down. Uh, Wells, what is what are some of the most important games of the year that you see on the schedule for UJ basketball? So, um, starting out second week of the season, when the dogs head up the temple and play, it's it's going to be will the dogs be ready to go on the road and grab an early season win? There's yeah. a lot of question marks surrounding this team, but I mean, imagine if the Bulldogs can go up there, grab a road win, and get the hopefully two and zero on the season. Golly, yeah, just with, with with an exhibition game and one regular season game mm. against Savannah State under our belt, just, that is going to be an intense upgrade in competition right right away. Oh, definitely. And the dogs smoked Temple this past year, so maybe the Owls will be hoping to get some revenge this year too. Yeah, I like that. First, Our first real look at what this team is, is all about. Yeah, and then after that, I mean, the dogs head to the Cayman Islands Classic on thanks on the week of Thanksgiving, and they have the potential matchup of playing Clemson. Hmm. This could be a tournament where Georgia could win, or I, I feel like a successful tournament would be two and one. I, I just think it's a tall order for Georgia to head there and grab three wins. But I, I think in those early season tournaments, you kind of see uh, teams growing together, um, life on the road. So that'll be a great experience for the Bulldogs early. Okay. All right. Um, after, yeah, go ahead. What what, what comes next? What, what else are you looking forward to? And then after that, I would definitely say the Texas game, um, the SEC Big 12 Challenge, the Dogs are hosting the Longhorns again. After a gauntlet of an SEC opening stretch, can the Dogs pick up an out-of-conference win that they made? need if they are trying to build a resume of maybe being a postseason team this year yeah that you talk about that opening sec stretch and my my gosh it is it is terrible it is a gauntlet at tennessee vanderbilt at home maybe that's a win maybe you can get a win there and then you're at auburn kentucky home florida home at lsu if you better win at LSU, or you're about to be one and five in the I SEC. Agree with that. That, I, I honestly don't think Georgia's going to be favored in an SEC game until we play South Carolina at home on February second. Hmm. We still haven't beaten the Gamecocks since 2016, so that's, maybe that's not a good sign. So hopefully the Dogs yeah. can pick up a, three or four wins in the first seven SEC games. The schedule lightens up after that, and 
maybe if the dogs can pick up some early wins, maybe that'll get them some confidence and momentum heading into the late and middle stages of the SEC season. Yeah, well, as you just said, we haven't beat the Gamecocks in that long, and I... You got a little bubble guts. I got bubble guts. That's so That's, gross. I, no. I hate me some... Some South Carolina is awful. Nobody, That's just disgusting. Nobody likes that. Man, that Frank Martin-Tom Crean coaching matchup, I'm so excited about that, though, man. That's, oh, definitely. The intensity in that game will be... Yeah, somebody's <laughs> neck is going to explode in that game. Just <laughs> just veins everywhere. Uh, dude, I can't wait. All right, well, let's let's just cut right to the chase, Wells. Uh, what's going to... Give me... I want to hear your prediction for this team, your educated guess on a record for this team. But before you give me your actual prediction, give give us your best-case scenario for this team and your worst-case scenario. Mm. Uh, what, what is, what is, what's the range of options that we could be looking at this season? I mean, if we're talking best-case scenario where it's just a dream season for the Bulldogs, I'd say maybe the Bulldogs go 22-9 and nine and 11-7 and seven in the league. Hello. Uh, that would guarantee an NCAA tournament bid oh, without yeah. the SEC this year. That That's, would probably include knocking off Florida and Auburn in the regular season and probably sweeping Ole Miss and South Carolina, which would be four huge conference wins. That sounds like a six seed or a five seed right. or something in the NCAA what, tournament. What's the percentage chance that you give on that dream scenario? <laughs> One percent. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Just yeah. as long as we're on the same page. I mean, that would be it. Like you said, that would be ideal and dream all around. Um, yeah, that, that's definitely not rational. Where the team is and with how many question look, marks there. Are look, Wells, the you're talking to two guys who leave rationale at the door when we it comes to fandom. So we're not we're not interested in rational no. on this podcast. That's we, not what we're about. We want fans talking fan stuff. And, that's right, and that's beautiful. Um, um, yeah. We're also not about just sugar coats and rainbows, though. So give us the – that's the ceiling. Give us the floor. What's the basement for this team? Oof. Well, I'd say about 13 and 18, only picking up three conference wins. Oh, no. In the, in the dreaded dead last position in the SEC. Ah, three and 15. Uh, and is that is that right? 18 conference games? Is that what we play? 18 conference games. Yeah, three and fifteen in the league, and I, I just don't think Georgia's out of conference schedule is very difficult. So I only accounted for three yeah. losses in the regular season. I yeah. really think the dogs are going to have a chance entering conference play to potentially make the NCAA tournament if they have a successful season. Well, I mean, certainly the conference is going to be much better than it was a, a, a year ago, and so there will be plenty of opportunities. If we don't blow it in the non-conference, there will be plenty of opportunities for us to prove ourselves in the conference schedule. So give me give me your your most educated prediction then on what, what we're looking at from this Georgia team. Uh, I'm thinking 18 and 13 and then 7 and 11 in SEC play. Okay. So it depends some of the, where the wins are, UGA is probably going to end up with a NIT bid, which I think that would be a successful season with how many uncertainties there are surrounding this team. It's just hard to ask for a team to make the NCAA tournament in year one under a new coach with no key returning players. Um, yeah. I do think UGA is going to be able to scrap out some wins and surprise a lot of people. I do think Georgia is going to get that one marquee win, whether it is at Tennessee 
um, picking off a win against uh, Florida, Auburn, or Kentucky, which would be just awesome, creating that excitement around the program. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely, Wells. Uh, well, if that's the case, I think we could all say that would be success. Uh, to your point, Tom Crean can establish some things and get us pointed in the right direction. Uh, Wells, before we have you go, uh, you're a contributing writer on a couple of things. Uh, why don't you tell the people what you do and, and where you're doing that? Yeah, where can they find your stuff? Uh, so I'm a contributing writer at southeastoots.com, and I run a Georgia basketball blog. It's called georgiahoopsfans.wordpress.com, and all of my content is displayed, and I'd love for y'all to give me a follow at UGA Hoops blog on Twitter. All right, you heard him. Listen, go go give our boy Wells a follow. Go read his stuff. Uh, he's gonna be having he's gonna be having stuff written all season long. So as you follow the dogs and you need some insight, um, that let's be honest, you're not gonna get from me and Clint. No. Uh, so you need some real insight. Uh, go follow your boy Wells. Uh, hey man, we really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Uh, we'd love to talk to you again on here sometime soon. Yeah, thank you for having me. We'd love to do that as the season um, kind of progresses. Thank you, guys. Yeah, man. And Let's go do dogs. it. Go dogs. Go dogs. All right. Well, that wraps up our college basketball UGA hoops season preview episode. It feels good, uh, Daniel. I got to tell you, it, it feels, feels good. Really How'd we good. do? How'd we do? Clint? I, I think we did great. I I certainly learned something. Uh, my head and my heart were told what to do. Wells and Jake were fantastic, giving some more insight of expectations. That's it right. sounds like you three are in, kind of in the same ballpark of a realistic wins-loss record uh, and what to be excited about. So all of those seem very good. I, th- I think we nailed it. Yeah, again, if you're not following those guys on Twitter, go check them out. Um, they are worth a follow, especially as hoop season gets ramped up. We will be back tomorrow on Thursday. <laughs> tomorrow, Daniel. Bonus right episode, away. guys. Bonus episode. We just, uh, we'll be we working tomorrow. for the people, okay? We'll be back tomorrow with our locks for the week for college football. Gosh, I can't wait to do college basketball locks, Glenn. Gosh, I can't wait till we get to the college basketball locks. Daniel, I uh, am so, so nervous so of basketball nervous. locks. Can I just uh, tell you that? Yeah. Yeah, you can. Uh, tomorrow, okay. we're previewing the Kentucky game. We're giving college basketball or college football picks and locks. Uh, There's a lot to talk about, and we will be back here on Thursday to talk about it all with you.